Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Diva. Hello and welcome back to the Diva Debrief with me, Rachel Shelley. And me, Victoria Broom. Diva Debrief dives into the monthly issue of Diva magazine every month. A bit like, well, it's a bit like a monthly book club, isn't it, Rachel? Yes, exactly like that, but about your favourite LGBTQIA plus magazine. Instead of a book. <laughs> we can talk about books as well, I guess. Talking of books, Joelle Taylor, who just won the T.S. Eliot Award, um, is actually, there's a tiny little feature about her book in this month's Diva magazine. I highly recommend it. I haven't read that yet, but I did see that. That's Sold out everywhere. Sold out. Sounds amazing. Everywhere. I don't know about you, Rachel, but I like to buy my books from local bookstores. Yes, definitely. And I've gone in to a, quite a few, I think about four this week, and I can't, I can't get hold of it. Wow. But I've managed to read some excerpts online, and it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's great for butch representation as well. So yes to Joelle. So tell me again what the name of the book is it's joelle taylor and it's about butch visibility which is brilliant and just won the t.s Eliot award for poetry i think it's pronounced canto so that's what to look out for joelle taylor's latest collection of poetry brilliant brilliant yes this episode of pod diva the diva debrief will be looking at the magazine the one with lady phil on the cover oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Mm-hmm. You know she's now um, been given an honorary doctorate from the London South Bank University. So she's not Lady Phil. She's like Dr. Lady Phil. That's cool. Dr. Lady it? Phil. That's amazing. I mean, that's just brilliant. Victoria, you and I have obviously met Lady Phil at we the have. Diva Awards. Lady Phil presented the Hall of Fame Award back in 2019. I think that was to the singer, Horse, Horse McDonald, if I remember right. Yeah, both, I mean, legends. Legends. Both of them. Lady Phil has such an energy about her and such a warmth and such a power all at the same time. She's a really sensitive soul very humorous as well and mischievous a powerhouse a powerhouse so yeah. inspiring so motivating and of course she's coming up next week on pod diva in the diva dialogue we'll talk more about her later yeah because her interview in the magazine is great this month's episode of diva magazine has a theme as always and this month it's lgbt history month and there's a great article about the podcast the logbooks which is all about Switchboard, which is the oldest LGBT helpline in the UK. It's been around for, what, 20 years maybe? No, it's to the 70s. No, they talk really? about the 70s. Wow. Yeah. That's what's quite interesting is that they delve back into the 70s of what people were ringing up discussing. So they're kind of going back into the archives of queer discussions. How lovely would that be? That's exactly it. And I think they talk about it and they they say that they sat for like hours and days on end just kind of looking back at our history, which is actually very lovely. Yes, really lovely. Mm. And they said that it's not that it was 
hidden. It was almost like it was censored because it was forgotten about. Mm. And Tash from Logbooks, who's also on Pod Diva later this month, Tash was saying that when they were reading these logbooks, that they kept saying to themselves, did that really happen only 20 years ago? What mm. other things will we be calling ourselves out on in five years' time? Yeah. Even five months' time. And I think that's what's so interesting about history is that it shows yeah. us that yeah. we are all doing our best to be as progressive and open-minded as we can be. But yeah. we are all going to be tripped up and dated quicker than we can imagine. I mean, Victoria, tell tell our listeners what you were telling me about the couple you were talking to recently. This couple that came out kind of very early on, I think it was in the 90s, and she said that when she came out that she didn't feel that there was any sort of community at all and that she called up Stonewall and said, listen, I don't really have a community, I don't have anyone to speak to, is there anybody that I can talk to? And, and at the time, they basically said, I'm really sorry, but there's no community. There's no one for you to talk to. There's no lesbian community of sorts at all. Wow. This um, switchboard would be fascinating to, to listen to and to read. <laughs> Going back to the Linda Riley story. Linda Riley is the publisher of Diva. And we featured her story on the Diva Debrief last month. And going back to her story, she found her community simply by going to a phone box and ringing the number that someone had put a sticker in a phone box for lesbian helpline. I mean, yeah. gosh. I can't imagine it now, can you, no. in like 2022, that there's no one for you to talk to. So that's what history shows us. I mean, so often it's the recent history that is the most shocking. Mm. Everything moves on at such a pace. Similarly, there's the other article in Diva magazine this month, Jane Ozan's article on banning conversion therapy. Mm, yeah. Linda Riley's own story. It was something that her mother wanted her to do. It just moves on so quickly. It's in people we know well, their lifetime, their recent lifetime. Yeah, it's so interesting having the conversation about conversion therapy because people don't realise that it is still very active in the in the UK. Well, I mean, all over the world. But what I found really interesting about Jane's article is the different types of conversion therapy, whereas actually you don't even know that you're having it. Mm. When mm. it happens with especially religious communities, the experience that I know of is from a... They call themselves a Christian church, but they're, they're obviously not because that practice is not Christian at all. They're saying that they're praying this gay away from from you and that the devil is inside you and I was there when this happened and they use extremely loud rock Christian music and they say that this vibration is the vibration that is getting the gay out of you and that Jesus is with you and it's it happens guys and it's still wow. around and it's horrific and it causes severe mental health issues and the fact that it is still legal in this country is horrific. Because you're right, there's probably the very coordinated, very official sort of conversion therapy, which we all would like to think has been left in the archives, you know, like electric shock therapy and things like that. But then there's also, like you say, it's quite insidious, this sort of Almost like yeah. a little mind game, like subconsciously drip, mm -hmm. drip, drip. Yeah. And there's this drink that they give you as well, which again, this is an experience that they give you this drink. What? I don't know what is the ingredients, but it makes you vomit and you're vomiting up your gayness. <gasps> yeah. Don't even... It's... Pfft. Yeah. And this, this, this place, I call it a cult, but this place, still active, thousands and thousands of people attend. It's not... 
it's not a good place. Oh my goodness, that's awful. And there is a petition that I think Jane has got for people to sign. That refrain that I think we all probably are guilty of. Does it really still happen in the UK? Surely not. Mm -hmm. But it does because even if it's not a structured conversion therapy, it can take on so many different levels, so insidious and sort of like within families and yeah it's quite it's quite shocking and it's one of these things that hopefully we will look back on and it will be left in the history books but at the moment yeah. it still needs a lot of campaigning around it yeah so. yeah and we need to talk about it and yeah as you can see i'm i'm have a lot to say about it because again because i watched it happen yeah. comes from family and if you have a faith and you believe that this is something that should be happening to you because of your faith well it's nothing to do with faith at all it's just archaic yeah oh yeah that sort of combination of love family faith i mean they're the hardest sort of stones in our temples aren't they to sort of push over and if you're in a really bad place for whatever reason because your family are making you feel bad about the fact that you're gay or or whatever, that's when this type of, I'm going to say, this type of cult or like religious cult does kind of get into your system. Because you're vulnerable. It's really dangerous. You're vulnerable. Yeah, you're vulnerable. Yeah, it's really dangerous. So you've witnessed this firsthand. What does that do to a person? How do they come out of something like that? Badly, I would say. Massively, massively brainwashed. (gasps) And... um, Really sad, actually. It's really sad, but there we go. God, Victoria, that sounds awful. I'm so, so sorry. And honestly, when you get in there, you do feel very overwhelmed because the music and the vibrations and the people coming up to you and touching you and stroke, telling you that, that Jesus is with you, Jesus is here, that vibration is the organus coming out. And I was like, what the fuck have I just walked into? It's horrific. It's really, really terrible. Wow. Oh, God, Victoria. Yeah. It feels like history. That's something that's very current still. Mm-hmm. Please do get in involved and sign the petition to ban conversion therapy. But we're not just looking at history this month. We're also bang up to date with the latest development in the struggle for equal reproduction rights. It's a fascinating subject. I mean, this month, there's a great article in the magazine from Jody Lancet Grant all about their experiences within a rainbow family. I mean, you would think that the reproduction companies, the IVF treatment and things like that, are missing a massive market. Oh, for sure. They're missing out on a huge market. Lesbian couples. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, get clued up, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> on a commercial level, they are missing out on the pretty penny. <laughs> They're missing the pink pound. They're missing the pink pound. They're missing the pink pound. Absolutely. But it's very interesting. And this is where the Beyond Borders, which is what we've got coming up now, is so interesting because it's it's only across the water in the Netherlands. It's a completely different story. It's completely different. So let's have a little listen to this Beyond Borders from Natalie in the Netherlands. Hi, I am Natalie and I live with my daughter. Hi, my name is Natalie and I live together with my daughter in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. As we are in lockdown, life here as a lesbian in the fun city of Amsterdam is pretty boring right now. Only essential shops like supermarkets, chemists, etc. are open and we're only allowed two visitors per 24 hours. 
As our lockdown just has been extended until January the 25th, I'm longing to go into town again without the restrictions. Amsterdam used to be so busy and fun and full of tourists also. Now it's pretty quiet. Bars, restaurants and terraces are all closed. Normally, as soon as the sun is out, the Dutch are out. On their bikes all over town, walking in the Vondel Park or sipping coffee on a terrace watching the world go by. Often you can hear music on every street corner. Boy, how I miss those days. This morning I got up and went to the supermarket. As it was nice weather here, I decided to go by foot. This is about a half hour's walk, but any excuse to go outside is welcome right now. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm 59 years old and a single mom of two donor children. From a very young age, I always knew I wanted to have children. Four exactly, but that was a bit much. Because I was living in Amsterdam, it wasn't really too difficult to get the ball rolling. At 32, I went to a clinic and when I got the green light, a period of taking your temperature daily, peeing on a stick, the inseminations and the waiting time started. I considered myself really lucky because at the second attempt, I found myself already pregnant with my now 26 year old daughter. Life was great, but very, very busy being a single mom and working full time. It made me think twice before I went back to the clinic for number two. Five years later, I started the whole process again. Unfortunately, due to my age, it took five attempts before I got pregnant again. This girl is now 21 and she made my family complete. I didn't have much free time left, but still managed to go out, see friends and continue with my ballroom dancing at the only dance school for women in Amsterdam called Pink Pirouette. When I was in my teens, my parents wanted me to learn how to dance as part of my upbringing, but I never enjoyed it and I thought it was because I was the one with the two left feet, as both of my sisters did manage to learn. After a year, I gave the whole stupid thing up. It wasn't until I was in my 30s and I joined our dance school Pink Pirouette that I found out that I didn't have the two left feet. It was just that I wasn't feeling relaxed dancing with men. The first 10 years of my dancing, I did the role of the follower. This for me was hard, as I'm not much of a follower. I prefer to take the lead, but in dancing, you have to feel with your body what the leader wants you to do and where to go. The last five years, I was asked if I was willing to switch roles and learn the steps, figures, etc. as a leader. This meant starting all over again in year one. But this time with a very interesting new partner. It was a bit of a challenge, as the girl I danced with was blind. We decided to give it a go and even participated in a competition. It was an amazing adventure. Afterwards, the jury also asked why my partner didn't look at them. They hadn't realized she was blind. We became fourth that day. In 1998, 
the 5th edition of the Gay Games was held in Amsterdam. We, as Pink Pirouette, participated in the ballroom competition. This large LGBTQIA sports event is being held in a different city every four years. The Gay Games 98 coincided with the third edition of the Amsterdam Pride, with almost 12,000 athletes and some 200,000 visitors from all around the world. This was the largest gay event that had ever been held in the Netherlands. Even now, after all those years, it still puts a smile on my face and makes me feel proud. It was an amazing event. I finally gave up dancing when one of the teachers passed away and I realized Pink Pirouette was so much more than just a dance school for women. I look back on those 15 years with a warm and happy heart. That was Natalie reporting from the Netherlands. Thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing that. And I understand that by the time this goes out, the lockdown in the Netherlands will have come to an end. So hopefully you are now able to go out and yeah. Amsterdam is returning to its former glory. Amsterdam is such a great welcoming place. Have you been to Amsterdam, Rachel? I loved it. It's a great place. Mm. It's a great, open, welcoming place. And it's so interesting that... She found it quite easy to have a child as a as a as a lesbian woman, which is the way it just should be anyway. Again, UK folk, you're kind of missing the market here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the UK are really behind the times here when you hear these stories, and we're going to hear a bit more because yeah. we have a special interview with Wagon, Whitney, and Megan. Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> they have been campaigning recently all about reproduction rights. Yeah. I think it's really fascinating to see what they talk about in America what we've just heard from the Netherlands yeah because Whitney's American and Megan is British it's really fascinating the differences around the world but I'm going to take us back Rachel because I wanted to talk about Wigan a bit later because what I found really interesting about the Amsterdam report like that she was able to go ballroom dancing with a partner yeah so not very long ago I was doing tango Wow! <laughs> I was never very good, but I was doing tango, and I went with my girlfriend at the time, and we weren't allowed to dance together. Oh no! We were refused to dance together, and it was like how long ago was that? This would have been eight years ago. Wow! We were refused. I we both had to dance with sweaty men. Not very pleasant. And of course, tango is very, very close and very sexy. Very and and very intense. Yeah, and it was just like, are you? kidding me so i'm so pleased that she talks about the fact that she was able to dance with another woman at ballroom dancing and it was it i loved that it was only when she was much older that she realized no she's a perfectly good dancer she just didn't like dancing with a man it made her feel yeah. so uncomfortable and she wanted to leave i get it that's just <laughs> incredible and of, of course she probably she wasn't aware then that that was why, but she's discovered it. And that's amazing and brilliant that she then went on to have such a fantastic experience. It became her community, dancing with a blind woman. I don't know about anyone else, but when I listen to that piece, I just come away going, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. It goes round and round in your mind. Ooh. Do you dance, Rachel? Have you danced? I love dancing and I love watching Strictly. And watching the same-sex couples. Oh, oh my gosh. Do you, did you see? Ugh. John and Johannes, wasn't it? Johannes is just joy. 
isn't he? He's such an amazing dancer. I don't know how he does that. But the first, the first like same sex was Nicola yeah, Adams and Katia Jones. So it wasn't it wasn't gay male. It was it was lesbian. It was Nicola Adams. But unfortunately, they didn't stay very long. One of them got COVID, and that was the year before last, which was so sad because they were doing really well. And I used to love watching Nicola Adams. She had a smile that just lit up. It was amazing. I think that's so progressive of the BBC that they did that. I would be really interested to see if you can do same-sex dancing in mixed dance classes. So please get in contact. I'm sure Strictly (laughs) has forced a lot of dance classes and a lot of dance teachers to play catch-up, to get up to speed. And luckily, there'll be a young generation of kids who will be growing up just going, well, that's normal. That's as it should be. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We can go back to, let's go back to Wegen's story. They've got a really interesting case that's going on. I'm not going to get into it. I want us to listen to Wegen getting into it. The rights of LGBTQI women in the UK for getting sperm donors and having IVF treatment and things like that is a lot different to that of heterosexual couples. So I think we should go over to Wegen because they've got a legal fight and a campaign for reproduction equality. So I think we should have a listen to that. I'm Megan Bacon Evans. Um, I'm Whitney. We are wife and wife. So online, we're known as Wegan. We are social media influencers, if you will, content creators, and we have been doing that for over a decade. <laughs> 
I'm the British one. Whitney is the American one, as you may come to hear. And also, my pronouns are she, her. My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as a lesbian. And I identify as a lesbian as well. Have lived in England now for over a decade with my beautiful wife, Megan. We've actually been together for 14 years, nearly this year. Mm. We had our civil partnership in 2012 and we upgraded to a marriage on the same date in 2017. So we get quite confused when we get asked, how long have you been married? Because we kind of have to work out which date we're going by. We put ourselves online a decade ago just to provide thin lesbian visibility because neither Megan and I had any role models growing up back when we did um, long distance from Hawaii to the UK and we organically got a following essentially we never set out to be influencers or anything like that so it just became natural and we built a beautiful community and here we are now um, in 2022 (laughs) as our full-time job so you never know where life's going to take you. I certainly did not think that this would be the future, that we would be able to be together every single day, working together and, you know, getting to do what we love, essentially. We also do run a few businesses. One of them is Fine Femmes, which is a dating website for femme LGBTQ plus women. So when we first got together, certainly we felt like we were the only feminine lesbian um you know i had to find whitney in hawaii well essentially actually I mean, she we met on myspace me. i don't think we've mentioned that yet we are old school yeah so yeah Whitney had to resort to myspace in order to find me <laughs> and so we decided to create fun femmes in 2015 when there really really was a lack of representation and again this circles back to why we put ourselves online to begin with my younger self would not believe it i knew i was probably gay at age 11 i came out at 16 i mean i knew i was gay since birth i was a proper gay bee. <laughs> Um, but I didn't come out until I, I was 15. Yeah. But they say if you love what you do, you never work. And I've found that to be true. And especially <laughs> love the one you're with that you're working with every day as well. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier and definitely more fun. So you may have actually recently seen us in the press. In November, we were on a lot of publications and made headlines because we launched the fact that we are issuing a judicial review against our clinical commissioning group. So essentially what that means is we are taking legal action against our local NHS fertility group. We'll take it back from the very beginning of us starting our baby journey. In a nutshell, 2020 was already off to a, a tricky start, um, but we were still planning on you know, expanding our family and we were looking into everything, looking at sperm donors. and Because there is a lack of information as to how lesbian couples go about creating a family. We actually had no idea where to start. Megan said home insemination. We were really excited about the prospect of doing that. For some reason, sperm from sperm banks can no longer be sent to the home and therefore we were shocked when we found out that we had to go into a fertility clinic in order to have the treatment there was literally no way we could do it at home we were quite upset at first when we found that out weren't we we were very uh, disappointed to say the least so that instantly forced us to go a different route that we didn't want to use to create our family Um, but what's interesting as I was saying is I'm from the states you can have sperm sent to your house which it just seemed like a parallel universe where the states can do home insemination and then we focused on figuring out where do we get sperm from which is you know not a normal thing you go shopping for (laughs) we went to a 
um, local fertility clinic, an open day. So we turned <laughs> up and we were the token lesbian couple. Yeah, instantly that whole process was really um, disheartening. And, and none of the marketing towards the other was geared towards same-sex couples in the slightest. What could have been a really positive experience for us wasn't in the slightest. So I think these fertility clinics are absolutely missing a huge gap in the market. To, well, LGBTQ plus people who are wanting to expand their families are always going to need these clinics. You may be wondering how, how do we go about creating a family if we then can't do it at home so if you go to a fertility clinic then you have a couple of options and the first one is called IUI artificial insemination that the doctor will do where they will place I believe a long syringe as such uh, into your womb so it's it's a step further than inseminating at home but it also obviously does come with a price tag when you're going through fertility treatments if you are using donor sperm or donor egg this is regardless of sexual orientation then Uh, you have to go through mandatory counselling. And then there is the root um, IVF, which many of you may know about, and that is when eggs are extracted, so you need medication to have your eggs extracted, and then they are um, fertilised with the sperm and then inserted back in as an embryo. So basically you then wait to see if the embryo has taken, leading to what led really to our legal case, was firstly actually our petition that we launched. We found out that there is essentially discrimination when it comes to the eligibility criteria to receiving funding on the NHS for same-sex female couples. Depending on your area, it will differ. There is a postcode lottery, but you'll be required approximately for most of them to self-fund six rounds of IUI. Now, it's six to 12 rounds of IUI as well. And our area just so happens to be 12 rounds. And it turns out our area is 12 (laughs) rounds. So um, this is something that you have to self-fund in order to receive help on the NHS to receive maybe one round of IVF, depending on what your area provides. Whereas in contrast for heterosexual couples, their criteria is two years of unprotected sex. There obviously is no financial barrier to that. So we were just shocked when we discovered that the LGBTQ plus community are being forced to pay thousands as opposed to the heterosexual community. And when we say thousands, we literally do mean thousands. It is probably around 25,000. Really horrified we we realised that. And the fact that we're not on an equal playing field as heterosexual couples was completely mind-boggling. And when we put this out to our followers as well, we had so many messages of people sharing their experiences. And it was wild. The system is broken. Obviously, we have heard positive stories from our followers who have managed to get pregnant. A lot of people can't afford to go to the fertility clinic and pay for those expensive treatments. And they also can't afford sperm from a sperm bank. So actually you're looking at around £1,000 per vial. And I believe that's about 0.5 millilitres, so that's very tiny. Firstly, we did look at sperm banks in the UK. Um, Yes, they do exist here, but for us, they just didn't give enough information. You can't see any photos or videos um, of the sperm donor. Luckily, we did find the perfect donor for us. And not only did he fit the description, you know, of our physical characteristics, he also was such a good person. And and the reason why he wanted to do it was beautiful. And the letter that he wrote to the child, like, literally made us emotional. Mm -hmm. Even though it was a bit stressful, we got there in the end and we are over the moon with, with our donor. It's just, again, it's just part of the rabbit hole of this whole sector, which makes it so difficult. I mean, they they really put barriers up on the fertility clinics. So um, this is actually back in 2020 when we decided that 
something had to be done about this and we were still shocked that it was going on, that discrimination was still in place and many barriers. So we decided to firstly launch a petition, um, basically petitioning for fertility equality. But essentially what we're asking for is for the government to do a review of the fertility sector, which is something that was actually promised to us um, back in 2019, I believe. So that is on change.org. If you search for it, you should be able to find it under fertility equality. You may be wondering, what can you do? Um, but most importantly, it is probably contacting your local MP to let them know of the situation. We do have a template that is within our petition. But also, what's, what's really amazing is that Stonewall, the LGBT charity, has just launched a postcode lottery tool. It also gives you a template to contact your MP, which is just amazing. And that's literally just launched. But unfortunately, you know, we never reached the amount of signatures that is required in order to take it to Parliament. We decided the next step was to take legal action in order to try and create change for all. We decided that we would do this in order to try and set a precedent. If we challenge RCCG legally, then it would have a domino effect in others having to change their policy. We've issued for what's called a judicial review that ultimately could be a landmark test case. So, yeah, yeah. it's quite overwhelming. Of course, we had a lot of, you know, backlash from people who were just really conservative and they don't think gay people should have rights full stop. It definitely reached uh, more people than than we thought it could. And it it seems to be um, really, you know, shaking things up already. There is already work happening behind the scenes. Baroness Liz Barker had mentioned it um, in the House of Parliament. Lord Kamau had committed that they are going to be reviewing the fertility guidelines and he recognised that since they've been last updated, they were actually out of date because they're always looking at medical infertility and not looking at the fact that we are also socially infertile and the fact that no matter how much we try, we can never get pregnant. Essentially, we're just doing this hopefully to create change and equality for all. And just to say that we know that obviously heterosexual couples who go through infertility, they don't have an easy journey um, and it is equally difficult for them and they do end up spending a lot of money as well it's just this is the initial barrier in order to reach the same point at which they receive help so and this is never about us trying to take away from the heterosexual community in the slightest we just want equal access we have been documenting our journey so you can find it on our youtube what Regan did next we just want to say a massive thank you for having us on pod diva we have loved diva for many many years so thank you yeah it's been an honor and thank you for giving us this platform to talk about our case and for fertility equality well i want to thank whitney and megan for sharing their story with us it's very personal kind of intimate stories it's interesting because i'm i'm not somebody that wants children or has ever kind of wanted children so for me it's always just kind of been Okay, you know, Um, I didn't realise any of this. And I'm sure many listeners don't realise that the kind of the inequality between heterosexual couples and uh, lesbian couples is so kind of different. I also thought, like Wegan did, that you could take your sperm home with you and have like a very nice intimate moment with your partner and kind of and and kind of do the whole turkey baster type of thing yeah but i did i don't i don't know whether that was because i watched um if these walls could talk too with ellen degeneres and sharon stone of where they carried the sperm in between (laughs) ellen's legs and then then they just had a wonderful they made love and then they created a child i didn't realize that you couldn't do that in the uk i was shocked by that as well i wonder why i think the moral of what they're doing is to just have equality and it shouldn't be any different at all equality absolutely 
Yeah. So anybody that's listening, if you want to kind of follow what's what's going on with Wegan and, and where they're at with, with their legal case, you can check them out. So just they're on all forms of social media. What Wegan did next is on is Instagram. They're also on Twitter, W-E-G-A-N, and follow their journey. So thank you for that, Wegan. Yes, big thanks to Megan and Whitney. Thank you. So like talking back to the magazine, I have a massive crush oh. on somebody that's featured in the magazine in an interview this month. <gasps> oh, oh, who, who, who? It's Zara. Ramirez oh, right. from Just Like That. Oh my goodness me, is that person, <laughs> they are so sexy in that show. It's yeah, twinkly. Honestly, I'm just like, oof. <laughs> but I think that Zara is possibly the best actor, the best character, the, just everything in that show. I'm a fan. <laughs> Total crush. I'm a bit nervous to watch it from Sex and the City and how it's moved on. And I've read so much online about it. Che, the character of Che is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So progressive. It's just brilliant. I do think it shows the difference between American television and British television. There's no tokenism about it. One of the things that Zara also said in the interview, Zara said, wow, this character is really going to teach me a lot about confidence and swagger. And I thought that was so interesting because Amalia Holm, who's in the TV show Motherland Fort Salem, who featured a few weeks ago on Pod Diva, she was saying how her character Skylar had taught her how to flirt because she didn't feel like she was a natural flirt. And she said she learned a lot from the character and the way it was written. And it made me think how... You do learn a lot from the characters you play and how when I was playing Helena Peabody on the L Word, it taught me quite a few things. It taught me how to deliver a withering look, a one-liner. What? Wait, do, do can you show what's a withering look? A withering look. It's like a it's like a Paddington Bear hard stare. Isn't oh god, oh, can I see that? Let me see. Wait. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh, there she is. There's Helena Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Helena Peabody was just in the room with me just then. It was great. <laughs> because before I played Helena Peabody, I had casting directors who would say to me, you would never be cast as the baddie. No one would ever believe it. You're too sweet looking. Was Helena Peabody a baddie though? Well, she came in as very much a strong force who was putting a wedge in between Bet and Tina. That's just how the Americans see the British, right? <laughs> Beth's nemesis, I came in with my cut glass English accent. I kept saying to them, I'm not that posh, actually. So Helena Peabody definitely taught me that. And she also taught me how to really own a room wearing high heels, how to wear and walk in high heels. What about you? Has Have you learned anything from characters you've played? Um, well, I think that Fran gave me a lot of queer confidence, so from Different for Girls, I think I got a bit of a inner and outer queer confidence. Oh, I've got a show coming out, Rachel. Mm, amazing. So I'm just going to I'm just going to give it a like I'm just going to plug. Tell us, tell us. I'm plugging this. I'm plugging it. it. So BBC 1 from the 8th of February at 9:45 p.m. and it's called Cheaters. Cheaters. So there's a lot of queer stuff going on in that show. So do tune in. It's a, it's going to be a great show. What's your character? Her name's Karen, but I'm not going to tell you anything else because it will spoil it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Love it. And it's a short form drama series, so it's nice and easy to watch. Yeah, enjoy, folks. Lovely. Well, congratulations. We look forward to seeing that. Oh, can we talk about Lady Phil, please? Lady Phil on the cover. Oh my goodness. Yes, I mean 
When I saw that photo of Lady Phil in the red dress, it just made me stop doing everything I was doing. I couldn't stop looking at it. I thought it was so amazing. In the interview, Nick Crossera says when they first saw it on the screen in the studio that there was an audible gasp. I mean, it's stunning. I can just, I can imagine. (gasps) Yeah. And the photographer is Kofi Paintsill. Yeah. He also did that, those iconic images that were on the cover of Gay Times. I don't know if you remember those, where Lady Phil is wearing a striped. Oh, yes. Amazing photographer. So, wow. And to Kofi's team. Incredible. There's a bit that I loved. So I loved this bit in her interview. So she says, what being a bold lesbian looks like. Being unapologetically yourself. It looks like being able to use your voice and amplifying all the things that are relevant, necessary and important to you. Love that. That is a bold lesbian. Yeah. Thank you, Lady Phil, for those amazing words of wisdom. Love, love it. And that's what she's done. That's why I find her so admirable so inspiring and motivating if you're lucky enough to meet her and I think when you listen to the diva dialogue which is next week it will feel like you're meeting her because you can hear the gentleness in her voice as well it's a real it's an amazing combination when they talk about Mm. love and rage which was the theme last year at UK Black Pride that sums Lady Phil up in so many ways because she is full of love and she's mischievous and she's fun Mm -hmm. and she's a sensitive being but she's also full of power. People talk about that a lot, like someone being a very special person. Everyone feels their energy as they walk in. And I think Lady Phil is one of those true examples of that. And that's next week's Diva Dialogue with Lady Phil. So the cover of Diva magazine, Lady Phil, this month is so amazing. And we were lucky enough to get a little snippet of what that photo shoot was like. So let's have a little listen to that. It's Lady Phil and the photographer is Kofi Paintsill. Hey listeners, it's Nick. I'm a staff writer here at Diva and today I'm taking you behind the scenes of our February cover shoot with Miss Lady Phil. There's a real buzz in the room. Just hear how much this shoot meant to everyone from makeup to photography. We have a golden megaphone. We have protest chants, we have a smoke machine. It's amazing. These photos are going to be great. I'm Louise Watts. I am the makeup artist on set for Diva magazine today, um, doing Lady Phil's makeup. It's an amazing opportunity. The fact that Lady Phil has created space for people of colour to celebrate who they are, it's really, really important. And I think she's definitely a bit of an icon for me she you know she shows empowerment like not only with the makeup that i've done for her but just in her character her being and i feel like if she can release that onto the world and give it to some of us i think you know she's aiding all our future brothers and sisters into being who they want to be and be themselves which i think is really really important for all of us in this day and age Hi, my name's Lady Phil and I am here for the Diva shoot for LGBT Plus History Month. Really good. No, I'm not really good at this. I'm just like, it's because you're asking me questions, so it's keeping me occupied. Wow, who's that? Oh my gosh. You're definitely trying to channel your inner Grace Jones. Wow. Wow. I hope you like it. Yeah, this is... 
Yeah, I really wanted to yeah, like. Tastes nice. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't meant to taste it, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> so we are looking forward to next week's diva dialogue with Lady Phil, but we've also got some other great dialogues coming up. We've got the logbooks, the podcast that we mentioned previously, which is all about switchboard and the archives of that telephone helpline. That's celebrating LGBT History Month. We also have two twos, and they're talking to Shah Bailey, they being Rose and Nana, who have a podcast. Yeah. It's really interesting, and I loved what they say, bridging the gap between the straights and the queers. And sexuality is not our whole being. I like that. I like that. And I like that too. Because everyone focuses, you know, they f- people focus on that in society. They're like... Talk about being authentic and going back to Lady Phil. She talks about being authentic and she said i believe authenticity is subjective which i found completely fascinating and if i try and oh, un- interesting yeah if i try and unpick it it makes my brain hurt a little bit but that's why she's a doctor yes exactly and i'm not <laughs> we're not gonna sit here and unpick that. that that's that's like a whole part in itself but two twos they say we might make mistakes say the wrong thing but it's all about intention. And I think that That's really, nice. yeah, that really resonated with me. We do all make mistakes, especially going back to it being LGBT history. Historically, I mean, the news is full continually of people being lambasted for a tweet that they did however long ago. Intention, I think, is all important yeah. there. It's a, it's a minefield of cancel culture. And actually, it's a very interesting podcast that tutus do on all of that it's very interesting that's good i'm looking forward to listening to shah have a chat with them yeah that'll be nice yeah it's a lovely again another really good good vibe good feelings positive i mean the queer joy that we had last month it's rolling over into this month and more of it i say always always Always, rachel so there's a lot to look forward to next month stay tuned stay tuned and thank you thank you to everyone who retweets us who likes a tweet thank you get in touch review us on itunes please we appreciate every single one of you so that is all this month isn't it that's all from me victoria broom and me rachel shelley thank you so much for listening to pod diva the diva debrief we'll see you again next month pod diva i should do the song shouldn't i no (laughs) (laughs) do we have a song no we just have no i know but i quite like the pod pod Diva. Diva. <laughs> Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQI plus women and non-binary people. Please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine. You can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.